This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. jump into um, the message, and we're going to do today a little bit different. We're going to actually team teach, and if you've been here before, we've done this a few times, but almost in like a TED Talk style format of, of, of team teaching, okay? And our sole goal today is to end this year, because it's the last day, if you didn't figure that out, end this year by uh, looking and talking about something that we hope to propel and begin next year. And so uh, regardless of how you feel about the, the new year and new you and resolutions and rather, well, like whether you actually want to participate in those tomorrow a page turns, a fresh page turns. Every day a page turns, but something significantly is a little bit different, right, about, about, about changing over to the new year. And so today we want to talk to you about um, how, how, you, how we hope you'll start off the new year. See, all of us get a chance of, to choose how we're going to live. All of us get a choice. We don't necessarily get to choose what happens to us or the outcomes of things, but we get to choose our response and what we're going to do. And one choice our staff hopes to invite you to make, wants to implore you to make today, is to participate in our 21-day fast that begins on Tuesday. And you're like, I'm so tired of talking about fasting. I've just eaten a bunch of good food, and I want to keep eating good food. Okay, well, I understand where you're at, but at the end of the day, we want to talk to you today about fasting because we believe it has the potential to impact your year. Since 2009, our churches began each year with a 21-day fast. This will be year 16. So for 15 years, we have dedicated three weeks of the year to position ourselves to be transformed, influenced, impacted by God, and most importantly, to allow God to do stuff in our life, to break chains, to do the impossible. We've intentionally cut things out to make space to let God in. We've controlled our cravings and turned them to God. We've directed our focus and sought after him. We have sown seeds in faith, believing we will reap a harvest. And this year we want to do this once again. And again, this may be your first time fasting if you just choose to do it. This may be your 100th, 30th time. I don't know, like none of you have fasted 100 years, but you get what I'm saying. It may be your millionth time. You may have done this many times. But at the end of the day, I believe God wants to do something fresh and new in you, but it comes down to your actions. Like, right, not everything is just, just by happenstance. Sometimes it comes down to us making a decision. Galatians 6, 7 tells us this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In our modern way of life, I think a lot of us have forgotten or don't understand this whole idea of sowing and reaping, right? A lot of us buy our food from the grocery store, like we're not, we're not trying to like sow our own food to live off of. But the idea of, of, of planting, watering, and tending to something, the idea of seasons, seasons of hard work, seasons of darkness, seasons of waiting, seasons that are necessary in order to reap, that is how our life works. Whether we like it or not, we live by rules of sowing and reaping, right? Whether, by, by outcomes, by putting something in and getting something else out. Galatians speaks to this plainly. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it, do not be misled. What a person plants, he will harvest, And with that in mind, I want us to ask ourselves today, am I going to plant seeds in the beginning of 2024 that will produce the harvest I want to reap? See, because we just pray, like, I don't know about you, but it's like kind of like, God, can you show up in the situation? It's like, what am I doing in the meantime, though? What am I planting? Am I planting today to reap something later on that I want to reap? Or am I just hoping that it comes straight to me? Is what I plant in January of 2024 going to positively or negatively affect my December? 
And there are so many great seeds you can plant. But again, today, we want to invite you to plant the seeds of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're starting with the what, but we're going to like actually unpack this. So if you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are we fasting? Like, but uh, as a staff, we're going to give you almost a crash course of what this looks like. And we're going to challenge you at the end of this to step in and participate beginning Tuesday. So with that being said, would you guys put your hands together and invite up Pastor Jesse this morning? Well, good morning. Good morning. Man, are you guys expecting big things in 2024? That's the most generic question that you could have received this morning. But uh, let me ask you another question. Um, What are you depending too much on? When we talk about what is fasting, I want you to have that question in your brain, what what are you depending too much on? What consumes your thoughts, your affections, your time, your energy and attention? How much do you, how much do your physical appetites control you? Your stomach rumbles and you think of your next meal. We all do it, okay? I'm guilty as anyone. We all do it. Here's another big one. I want everyone to hold up your phone. Take out your phone. Hold up your device. Now, I'm not anti-phone. I'm not going there. How many of us are utterly addicted to screens? We obviously need devices like our phones, our computers, our iPads, or whatever you use to do our job, to communicate, etc. right? But I'm alluding to the hours of scrolling, binging, or gaming wasted. And pain is merely displaced for a moment as, as your brain creates pathways that only compound the, the anxiety you already experience. I, I, I'm with you, guys. These are addicting things. But when it comes to fasting, the, the biblical model of fasting is so countercultural in our consumerist society. Uh, society. Chances are you're among the, the, the massive majority of Christians, including myself, who find it difficult to fast, who rarely fast, or who never fast. It's not because we haven't read the scriptures or, or sat under faithful preaching or heard about the power of fasting or even that we don't genuinely want to do it. We just never actually get around to putting down the fork. Fasting creates margin, okay? It instills a hunger within. It will make you realize with every ache in your stomach, every sound notification, every craving that you have, the things that you are relying on and are controlled by. I want to define for you fasting and explore fasting in the Bible for just a a few moments. Fasting may be the least discussed spiritual discipline in the church. But Jesus not only spoke about fasting, he made it a spiritual discipline of his life, and so should we. In a strictly biblical sense, fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, Daniel specifically fasts from delicacies meat and wine. Other times fasting is to abstain from all food as is in the case of Jesus fasting and praying in the wilderness. A more lax answer would say that fasting can involve involve abstaining from anything for a spiritual purpose. A true fast though is always a self-denying choice. Remember fasting should be combined with prayer. God called us to fast and pray. 
There are so many examples of the people of God fasting in the scriptures. The disciples would fast regularly alongside Jesus. Ezra fasted. Samuel fasted for revival. If we fast and pray for revival within ourselves, God will pour himself out on on his people in this church and in this city. Elijah fasted. Paul fasted. Esther fasted. Daniel fasted for health and to seek God's favor and purpose and vision for life. Lastly, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus fasted. A little later, uh, in a, a couple chapters later in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. He commanded it, and it was expected. But this is not to crush us or strip the pleasures of food away forever. He commanded it because fasting is another tool that we need as we commune with and depend on God in this life and in 2024 and beyond. Fasting is a tool to help you understand how much you have allowed, how much you have allowed you fill in the blank to consume you or be your God. It has everything to do with the desire of our hearts, not just our stomach and its desires. And it creates a time for us to put on more of Jesus and put off the things that get in the way of that. The truth is, Fasting is so hard, guys. I, I, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. Fasting is super hard. How many of you ever? How many of you experienced that? Fasting is very difficult. It's hard. Uh, it puts you in uh, this state of uh, man. I this is difficult, and it, it forces you to create those moments with God and to seek Him and to pursue Him. It's going to be hard. Um, I'm just thinking about our fast as a family. Uh, we're we're, we're going to participate in the Daniel fast, and I know you're probably thinking, well, you're just replacing food. Well, I, for us, it's going to be difficult. Uh, fasting caffeine is going to be difficult, um, but we're, we're expecting God to do something within our lives as we fast, as we, as we deny ourselves the things that we normally uh, go for and to pursue God. But fasting wasn't meant to be easy. Fasting wasn't meant to be comfortable. Fasting wasn't meant to uh, just be awesome and amazing and just, wow, it's just so good. Uh, I mean, God is doing something amazing and good within you, but it, it, it's hard. Um, it, it, it wasn't meant to involve little to no sacrifice. For the next 21 days, uh, we'll be doing the Daniel fast and uh, I've been preparing for it for weeks. I've been meal planning for weeks. I'm like, wow, this is, this is uh, different, yeah. So I'll be right there with you alongside you, uh, and so will Jesus as you continue to fast and to, to pursue him and to make that self-denying choice of saying, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny myself, and I'm going to pursue God. Would you guys welcome Pastor Allie? All righty. So today I have been tasked with answering the question, why do we fast? But before I do that, I want you to think about your first response to physical trouble here in this, in this world. Is it a physical reaction? Do you instantly find yourself anxious, worried, or stressed when life throws you a curveball? 
There are so, uh, there are much better ways to handle situations that are actually productive and bring you peace. And one of those ways is by responding with spiritual warfare. And fasting is a powerful weapon in spiritual warfare. God is in control and he will deliver you in his perfect timing. All you must do is move from a physical perspective to the spiritual perspective and implement the weapons that you have been given to deliver yourself from any situation. If you want to seriously supercharge your prayers and you are in need of a miracle or a breakthrough, adding fasting to your walk with God will supercharge your supernatural connection with him. Fasting is probably one of the most imperative spiritual weapons that believers fail to utilize. And to be honest, there are several reasons as to why we should practice biblical fasting. But I'm going to focus on specifically just two of those reasons why we should fast. Number one, we should fast because hunger is what drives us toward God. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. There are two types of hunger, the physical kind that buckles our flesh and pokes at our minds and our body and reminds us of our need for nourishment. And there's the spiritual kind that launches us into deeper exploration of meaning and purpose. And for the most part, especially in America, we don't even allow ourselves to ever really get physically hungry. Our bodies have been patterned to groan and ache like an alarm at the first sign of discomfort. We don't eat when we are truly hungry. We eat when it's time to eat, like breakfast time and lunch time and dinner time and snack time and second snack time and late night snack time. And, and you get the point. Basically, we do whatever we have to do to avoid hunger. Physically, we try to stay satisfied as much as possible. The moment we start to feel hungry, we make it a point to go get something to eat. For our whole lives, we have trained our bodies and constructed our schedules for this very issue. We understand this concept in the physical, but oftentimes we allow ourselves to take this path spiritually as well. We just want satisfaction. We eat when it's time to eat, like once a week on Sunday mornings or maybe even daily if we have some structured time set aside in the mornings or before bed. For many people, this is just the way it is. Spiritually, they're just okay with eating when it's time to eat. Unfortunately, just like in the physical, in the spirit, when you are satisfied, you often lose hunger. And when you lose hunger, you are unable to receive all that God has to give. And then in the kingdom of God, when you are hungry, he fills you up. And when you are filled up spiritually, you are hungry for more of him. And when you take in spirit food, you receive a supernatural hunger. And that hunger is what opens the door to faith. And faith is what propels you to step into your destiny. It is no accident that one of the greatest spiritual disciplines of the church is to fast. Hunger prompts us to seek something to fill us up. So we take something significant in our lives and we deprive ourselves of it so that we are driven toward God to satisfy our hunger. During the time that we abstain, we feed our spirit by intentionally focusing on God and the Bible instead of satisfying our flesh. There are things that God desires to have happen in our lives that won't happen unless we fast. Fasting is the means by which we disconnect from the earthly realm and ascend to higher places in the heavenly realm. When you fast, you're becoming less aware, less connected, less committed to the things of this world, and you're becoming more aware of the things of God. You're setting your mind, your time, your emotions. You're setting yourself on the things above. So fasting really is a deeply spiritual practice that helps to tear the tethers that keep us bound to the concerns of this world. As you fast, there is a greater strength that comes upon you spiritually. As you fast, you begin to transform into who God called you to be. Fasting starves our flesh so that in our hunger, we are driven toward God. So number one, we fast because hunger drives us towards God. And number two, we fast because it prepares us for the season ahead. 
Matthew 4, 1 through 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now keep in mind at this point, Jesus had not began his public ministry and the Holy Spirit led Jesus by himself into the wilderness. There in the quiet stillness of the desert, Jesus spent time with God. He fasted food in favor of spiritual nourishment and to no surprise, Satan came to Jesus and began to tempt him. There are three specific temptations that we are told about in the Bible. The first temptation is of Satan trying to convince Jesus to satisfy his hunger by turning stones into loaves of bread. Now we know from verse two that Jesus was hungry. And I don't know about you, but if I have the opportunity to turn anything into bread, you better believe I'm taking advantage of it, right? However, even though Jesus was being tempted, he did not fall into temptation. And instead he quotes Deuteronomy 8.3 by saying, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. However, even though Jesus was being tempted, he did not fall into temptation and instead, I just said that. When satisfying his hunger wasn't enough of a temptation to sway Jesus, the devil took him into the holy city and set him on the, temp, on the top of the temple. Satan then used bits and pieces of Psalm 91 to attempt to appeal to Jesus's pride. However, it was not the place or time for Jesus to declare his lordship and perform miracles. Jesus said to Satan again, in reference to what is written in Deuteronomy, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Still trying to manipulate and trick Jesus, Satan took him even higher, up on a mountain where Jesus could see all the kingdoms down below. Jesus had, um, there Satan offered all that could be seen to Jesus if Jesus would only bow down to worship him. Jesus had enough and commanded Satan to get away from him. With one final verse pulled from Deuteronomy, Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left Jesus and angels came and attended to him. Satan attempted to, attempted to make Jesus doubt God. It worked with Adam and Eve and he was probably pretty confident it would work with Jesus. But Jesus held firm in his purpose. His time of fasting gave him the strength to not lose sight of the truth and it prepared him for the temptation that would be coming his way. Allowing the Holy Spirit to move us into a position where he can use us is only the first step because there is always more. He doesn't move us because he is bored and looking for something to do. The Holy Spirit has a purpose and we have to be willing to take the next step in faith. We read that the purpose of Jesus going into the desert was so that he could be tempted by the devil. Anytime we strive to be obedient to God, uh, Satan doesn't waste any time in showing up and he doesn't care who you are or what your earthly title or position is. When we are tempted, we need to do as Jesus did and go immediately to scripture. Only the word of God can defeat Satan and put him in his place. Notice that Jesus didn't pray, Father, make this stop. I can't take this anymore. It's too much. Instead, using scripture, Jesus reminded Satan that God provides for all of our needs and that physical hunger isn't more important than spiritual hunger. Jesus could have feasted on physical food that would have satisfied temporarily. Instead, he chose to feast on the word of God, trusting that his father would provide. Satan will always tempt us to satisfy our flesh over our spirit. He will always encourage us to use our gifts for our purposes instead of how they were intended to be used. And when we fast, we prepare ourselves for whatever the season ahead may hold. So in closing, why do we fast? We fast because hunger is what drives us toward God and we fast because it prepares us for the season ahead. Fasting breaks strongholds, it liberates people and it moves us into a realm of realizing God's power in our lives. There are things that God wills for us to do that we will not have the power to bring about unless we have spent time with him. So we deny ourselves physically so that we can spend time seeking God. The more time you spend with God, the more you're going to see the hand of God on your life in an extraordinary way. The more time you spend with God, the more you're going to become like Jesus. 
The more time you spend with God, the more dependent you become on the Holy Spirit. The more time you spend with God, the more familiar you become with his word. Every hunger pain, every feeling of fatigue, every caffeine headache will be a reminder to call on God in that moment and let him provide for you in your weakness. Welcome Pastor Sarah to the stage. Good morning again. So the question I have to ask, the question I have to, the, wow, let's start over. The question I have been asked to answer for you guys this morning is how do we fast? But before I start, I want to ask you all a question. Raise your hand if you are around kids anytime in, the week, in your week at all. Now raise your hand if you've heard the question, why? Or what is that? Now, I'm sure you can all think of a time when a child in your life has asked you over and over and over again why something is the way that it is or how something, how something works. Why does it rain? Why do I have to eat my vegetables? Or maybe they even point at a random object and say, what is that? And eventually, you find yourself asking yourself, why do you have so many questions? But questions are what build curiosity, and it's what improves our understanding about the world around us. And so this also applies to topics like fasting. And when we take the time to ask questions like the two that Pastor Jesse and Ali answered today, it builds foundation of understanding God's purpose behind the disciplines that he calls us to have. It takes the 21-day fast from a calendar item that we do as a church every year to a spiritual desire to grow closer to the one that has given us life. And so as I share with you all this morning how we fast, I want to challenge you all to go back and take time to pray through what fasting is and why we fast. And when I was thinking about this question, the word intentional kept coming up. And the word intentional, it means done on purpose, deliberate, thought out in, thought out in advance. And intentionality is the difference between us participating in a 21-day fast because it's something our church does every year and actually seeking, seeking deeper communication and relationship with God. So whether this is your first time fasting or this is a spiritual, spiritual discipline um, is one that you've participated in many times, I want to share two practical questions that you can ask as we head into the fast. And the first one is, what is my plan for fasting? And fasting over the years has become very modernized. We have used fasting as an umbrella term um, where we tack on abstaining from things like social media, caffeine, wa and watching TV and spending money. Now, it's extremely healthy to abstain from things like this, and it's really good to have healthy boundaries of how we spend our time, but I want to challenge all of us to come back to God's original intention of the spiritual discipline of biblical fasting. Make no mistake, fasting from food is really, really hard. It's challenging, and there's no easy way out, but if you take this time to be intentional, the clarity and closeness to God makes it so so worth it. There are two, there, there are a lot of different options when it comes to fasting. And on your chairs when you came in this morning, you might have seen the handout that we, that we uh, placed there and that has a bunch of lists for you guys. Some, some fasts that you can do include liquid fasting where you only do liquid. That one's really brutal. <laughs> I just lost my spot. Some, sometimes you can do eating only specific times a day, specific food items, but today I want to share more in depth about what the Daniel fast is, which is the fast that I will also be doing this year like Pastor Jesse. And the Daniel fast comes from the Old Testament book called Daniel, and if you haven't heard of Daniel, he was a young man who was from Judah. Judah Daniel was 
one of the men that the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, say that one three times fast, chose to serve in the palace. And during this time, Daniel spent three years learning the language and literature of the Babylonians. Daniel walked through this journey and faced major pressures to conform to the, to the society. I don't have time to go through all of Daniel's story, but I do encourage you all to go read it. But throughout Daniel's story, he understood that our God is faithful and that we can, and we can see that the way he lived his life through righteousness and wisdom. And he knew in order to stay close to God, he had to glean his wisdom and his direction. And fasting was one of the ways that Daniel lived it out. And so in Daniel chapter 10, verses two through three, it says, at at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. The Daniel fast was a 21-day fast where he abstained from animal products, leavened bread, and processed food. And just like Daniel did in the Bible, it's a time to seek focus, clarity, and God's will for your life. And so as you read through all the, all the fasts listed in the handout, you want to come up with a uh, you want to come up with a plan and then ask yourself this second question. And the question number two is, what am I replacing my time with? The point of fasting is not just an act of self-deprivation, but a discipline to seek more of God. So how do you plan on intentionally spending time, your time seeking God? No matter which fast you decide to follow, you want to make sure you have a plan on how you will redirect your time and energy from the food you are fasting from onto God. I saw this quote online, and I'm not sure who originally wrote it, but it says, without a purpose and plan, it's not Christian fasting, it's only going hungry. So set aside extra time for prayer, worship, and going deeper in your Bible reading. If you have kids, share with them the purpose and fasting and allow them to see what it looks like to seek after God in this way. The handout that you received this morning also has a list of books, journals, and apps that can help guide you. And if you want something with, that has more structure, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and pick from thousands of Bible plans. My moats just moved again. If you want to go deeper in your understanding of scripture, search on YouTube for The Bible Project. They have awesome videos that help you go through the culture and each book verse by verse. If you want to spend more time in prayer, set aside time with no distraction when you're able to sit at the feet of Jesus and focus solely on him. We will also be opening our South Campus on Tuesdays through Fridays from, 12, from noon to 1 as a space for you to come and pray with us. And fasting can be daunting. I don't want you guys to hear us speak and, and leave thinking that fasting is easy because that's not the case. Last year, in January 2023, so I guess this year technically, but we'll pretend it's last year already, I did the Daniel fast for the first time and I remember feeling so completely out of my comfort zone. I was so nervous that I was going to fail and I would look back on the past three weeks and feel the same way I did before, only extremely hungry, hungry and ready to go through Starbucks to get a coffee. And I remember the conversations I had with God, trying to wiggle my way out of what I knew he was asking me to do and replace it with an easier option. And I had to intentionally change my perspective. And instead of asking the question of what if I failed, I started asking the question, how is God going to move in my life and those that I'm praying for while I'm fasting? Fasting is not easy. It's not meant to be. So if you, if you fail to make it through your first fast or you end up not doing it perfectly, I'm here to tell you that it is okay. Bill Bright puts it like this. It takes time to build your spiritual fasting muscles. Just like going to the gym, 
building, building our muscles, it takes intentionality and time to get stronger when it comes to spiritual disciplines like fasting. So don't be discouraged because God will honor you and your faithfulness. So how do we fast? We intentionally prepare our plan for what it looks like and we replace our energy and time. Now give it up for PK. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, a good day today, amen. I, uh, I uh, so appreciate my team. Did they do a good job today? I love, I love what they have to share. I love the perspectives. Today, we're talking about fasting, and you kind of go, why are we dialoguing this? Why do we do this? This does not sound like fun at all. But how many know that life is not all about fun, right? It actually is about growth. And I, uh, I, I'll tell you whether I'm a, a glutton for punishment or not. I always, I always anticipate the 21-day fast. I begin to plan for it, begin to look forward to it. Part, I mean, I can come up with multiple reasons, you know, uh, the shedding of weight, you know, uh, the excess after the holidays. But I, what I get motivated by is that I'm not doing it alone. I get to do it with a group of people. And so that's why this is such a, an exciting time to be able to participate with you. Uh, fasting is and has been part of my life, part of our life. Ron and I could stand and tell testimony after testimony, not in bragging, not because we've done it good or done it right, but we can tell testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness through this practice of fasting. I can tell you today that our marriage was healed through the process of fasting, that our son was healed in the process of fasting. I could go through miracle after miracle and see God's provision, God's eye-opening experiences, God's alarming in my spirit and changing and transforming of me. Uh, what I want you to know is this. Uh, fasting is not just about self-discipline. Fasting is about obedience. Everybody say that with me, obedience. We don't like necessarily that term obedience, but can I tell you, God's not looking for your perfection in your fast. He's looking for your obedience in your fast. There's going to be moments throughout the 21-day fast, however you fast, that you may have failure moments that you may eat something that you didn't plan on eating, that you may watch something that you didn't plan on watching, but it's not about perfection, it's about obedience. It's about saying, God, I want to subject myself to you, I wanna make room for you, I wanna align myself with you that I can grow closer to you. Today, I get the, the privilege of recapping these last three points, and they did an amazing job in explaining them. Number one, Jesse came with what is fasting, and we saw the definition or is that fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual and physical purposes. Fasting, I loved his statement, fasting is giving up something in order to gain something greater. Today, we come, and I want to ask you, in what is fasting, what are you wanting that is greater than what you already have? As you look at 2024, are you completely satisfied with your life? Are you satisfied with where you are with God? Are you satisfied with what, you, what, what you've seen in God? Are you satisfied with your marriage, with your home, with your job, with yourself? Are you willing to give up what is now for something that is potentially greater? And ideally, that greater is God. Allie came and talked about why we fast. We fast because hunger drives us towards God. Hunger drives me towards donuts. But can I tell you, God needs to be the goal, not the donut. God needs to be the goal, not the physical satisfaction of a food item. And I like this also because it prepares us for the season ahead. 
2024, and you're going to hear about it next week. 2024 is a year that we have never lived before. We're confronted with situations and circumstances that you and I have never encountered before. But I can tell you, as I reflect on the last several years of the 21-day fast, that fasting period has prepared me for what God has laid out for me in in the year ahead. Things that I didn't know about, things of winning and losing, of victories and losses, that God prepared my spirit to be able to overcome and to endure. Fasting breaks strongholds. Fasting liberates people. Fasting moves uh, moves us into the realm of realizing God's power in our lives. That's why we fast. We're not just doing it because it's culturally cool, because it's the intermittent fasting. We're doing it for a spiritual purpose, a spiritual result. Sarah came and talked about how we fast, and she referred to this handout that's on your sheet and or on your seats. And if you need that, would you please take that? It's also in our church app. You can go and get all that information. And she so eloquently said, set aside intentional. Everyone say intentional. Intentional time to pray and to focus on God. How do we fast? With intentionality. How do we fast? Out of obedience. How do we fast? Out of discipline. How do we fast? Intentional time with a plan and a goal that's ahead of us. And as she talked about it, setting aside a plan, as she dialogued on the sheet, there's different plans you can follow. They're all over the internet. You can follow them as well. But uh, one that we have touted many times is the Daniel fast. And there's a lot of information out there. It's, it's, It's healthy. It's not going to harm you in your body, but it's also very doable. Everyone say doable. Part of this how you fast is also preparing for yourself some expectations. As you look at your life, as you look at what lies ahead, this opportunity to fast, can I tell you, if you don't go into it with an expectation, you won't receive anything on the other side. If you don't go into it with a set of goals, a set uh, with a plan, not just abstaining from food, not just praying, but going, what are my prayer points? And I want to really just challenge you, and we're going to uh, is kind of evaluate what it is you're going to look at over the next 21 days. What is it that you want to see as results? As we've heard, fasting is a key component in many stories throughout the Bible. Would Esther have had found favor with the king if she hadn't prayed, called the people to fast and pray? Would Daniel have seen the favor of God upon his life and protect him from the, the lion's den, the mouths of the lions, if he would not have fasted and prayed? What about Jesus? If he would not have fasted and prayed, fasting opened doors and it closed doors. Fasting prevented and pre- prepared the way as well as prevented things from happening. Today, fasting is a powerful spiritual act that can bring transformation and change to us as individuals as well as a body of believers. Rich Valadas says this, fasting is one of the most underrated, misunderstood, and yet one of the most important spiritual disciplines to cultivate. We fast from food and other things to more intentionally feast on God. Fasting is about refusing to be ruled by our appetites, governed by our desires, and and captive to our cravings. As you look at just those three, that last sentence there, refusing to be ruled by our appetites. How many can step into that and go, no, I need to refuse to be, be ruled by my appetites. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna refuse to be governed by the desires and captive to my cravings. It helps us find nourishment and sustenance in God. Today, 
the importance that we step into is that we recognize that we have a lot of earthly things that distract us. The question that Jesse came with at the very beginning, what is it that is replaced? What, what is it that you're consumed with? What is it you're consumed with? Can I tell you that biblically, anything that we're consumed with that is not Jesus is idolatry. And we come to this 21-day fast recognizing that all of us are idolaters in one fashion or another. To come and go, no, I'm going to let go of my idolatry, whether that's food, whether that's media, whether it's a culmination of all these things, to go, God, I want to focus on you. And fasting is this magic bullet. One of the favorite stories that I have is in Mark chapter 9. 14 through 29, and I want to read that story to you, but it follows right directly after the the Mount of Transfiguration where uh, Peter, James, and John go up on the mountain with Jesus and the heavens open up and uh, Moses and Elijah appear. And God himself says, well, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And while they're away, the disciples are being confronted by a group of people. And Jesus comes back to this very experience in verse 14. It says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit and who has robbed him of speech. Whoever, Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. It foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, uh, gnashes his teeth and, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciple to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus turned to his disciples. He said, You unbelieving generation. I don't hear it as a correction, as a... a as a a rebuke, but more as a compassion. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy unto me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. I want to ask you this morning before I go to the rest of the story, is there any desperation in your life to go, God, is there anything you can do about this situation? God, I'm struggling with a habit. God, is there anything you can do about it? God, I'm in a situation in my marriage. God, is there anything you can do about it? God, I'm in need of finances. God, is there anything you can do about it? I love Jesus' response. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why, why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't we drive out this spirit? And Jesus responds, this kind can come out only by prayer and fasting. You say today, well, Pastor Kevin, I'm not trying to cast out a demon. Can I tell you, there are a lot of spiritual forces and habits around us today that will not change in your life without prayer and fasting 
without this magic bullet of fasting. Charles Swindoll says this about this passage of scripture. After the incident, Jesus took the time to debrief with his students. The disciples were perplexed. Earlier, Jesus had delegated his authority to cast out demons in chapter three, verse 15. And they had experienced remarkable success during their two-by-two canvassing of the villages in Galilee and Judea. And if you remember, they cast out demons and they brought healing. Jesus' response brings them together with three interrelated issues. He says, there is a divine authority, there must be a trust in God's power, and there must be prayer and fasting. If I might use an unsophisticated mental picture, he says, think of a reservoir, a pipeline, and a faucet. The reservoir of God's omnipotence always exists and cannot be depleted. But it does, but it does people no good if they do not have a means to receive what God wants them to have. Faith, believing in God's, in the Lord's mercy, is that pipeline that we, that, that transfers it to us from the reservoir. And prayer and fasting are the faucet that we turn on to receive those blessings. He goes on to say this, as believers, the pipeline has been established between heaven and the disciples. They failed, however, to recognize their complete and permanent dependence upon him. Can I tell you that in life in 2023, even though we start out with a 21-day fast, in 2024, even though we start out with a 21-day fast, that we start out with a focus and a dependence and a reliance on God. But how many recognize that as the year goes on, we get more and more dependent on ourselves? We get more and more dependent upon what's out here. Can I tell you, we're no different than the disciples. The disciples had experienced miracles. The disciples had seen God do miracle, miraculous things through them as they prayed, as they cast out demons, as they declared healing. Why? Because they went and they were dependent on God. They got back into the comfort of life. They got back with Jesus and it was no longer dependent on them. It was dependent on him. Let him be the show one. I don't have to do the show. Can I tell you, God wants us all to be dependent on him. Jesus gave them a faucet, not a reservoir. He gave them the authority that was dependent on him not, not omnipotence to use it independently. Today, when we talk about this idea of fasting, it's coming to say, God, I desperately need to live dependent on you. I desperately need to live dependent on you. The only way that I can survive is to be dependent on you. So the challenge today, as you've heard, prayer and fasting is work. But I can tell you that there also should be an anticipation in the process of it an expectation. And my invitation, my question today is how will you, how will you make fasting part of your 2024 year? How will you fashion it to you? Because I can tell you today, fasting is not about competing and comparing, but it's about connecting. Today we want to come and we want to go, okay, well, let me compare. What are you going to do? In that process, we, in the process of comparing, we begin to feel a little bit competitive to go, I gotta keep up with them, and we lose the objective of connecting with God. And the goal is to connect with Him. Today, in our practical application, the thing I wanna challenge you with, and you can take a picture of this if you need to, uh, write it down in your phone. Number one, you need to determine your desired outcome. When you begin to approach 2024 and this next 21 days, what is your desired outcome? What are you expecting? 
What do you want to see? Because I can tell you this, if you just go into it with open-mindedness of not seeing anything, you're not going to recognize it when it comes. I challenge you to make a list of three to five prayer focuses that in your daily time when you're not eating and you're focusing on God, that you're praying about these three to five items. That you're tracking the goal, that maybe you're writing them out, that maybe you're specifying. You're going, Pastor Kevin, I just don't have the time. You have time to eat. As you replace your your meal, take 30 minutes and focus on your three to five items. Practical application, what will you fast? What are you going to abstain from? What is it that you're going to do without? As we've heard repeatedly, the biblical fasting always is connected to some sort of abstaining from food. Now today, you may be going, I'm I'm not quite there. Can I just challenge you? I would love for you to do something. I would love to see you do something, that we all can do it together. And in that process, after you've decided what you're abstaining from, set aside a dedicated prayer time. Set aside a time, whether that's your lunch period or whether it's going to be when you come home in the afternoon or in the evening, that you're going to say, God, I'm going to focus on you. I want to encourage you that through this time with us, we will be doing the Daniel fast, but we will also be doing a media fast. Can I tell you how much time we spend, whether it's scrolling or whether it's watching TV? You say, I don't know that I'm good. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to have time for this. You, you, you replay. You give up something less than for something greater. And you want to occupy that time with reading scripture, listening to worship music, journaling, praying, listening for God to communicate back to you. And something that's so important, if you're not doing this together as a husband and a wife or as a family, make sure you're communicating to your family. Not that you're saying, you all have to do this with me, but invite them with you. Encourage them to participate. Share with them kind of the expectations to go, hey, if you're the prominent cooker in your home, you're going to figure out how am I preparing food for my kids that's not going to tempt you to do something, to eat out of, out of alignment. Can I tell you, it's all doable. It's all a process. And I want to tell you this. If you will fasten your seatbelt and go into it with expectation, I guarantee you're going to see God do something in your life. I can guarantee that because he's been, he is a faithful God. I can guarantee that because he is a good, good God. And God wants to reveal himself to you. So I invite you, join us in fasting. Take your hand out, look it up, figure out what you're going to do. You have got a couple days here to prepare if you haven't already done so. I want to invite you to the night of worship and prayer, which is this Wednesday. It's going to be a time of consecration. It's going to be at this East Campus. Uh, We want to facilitate a moment or moments uh, of spiritual practices that we oftentimes overlook and forget about remembering and anticipating. So we want to come and we want to remember it personally. And we want to anticipate personally. We want to remember what God has done, whether it's the good, the hard, all those things. And we also want to anticipate what God has ahead for us. As Pastor Sarah also referred to, as there's a prayer hour from on Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 1. I want to just reiterate, that's a great time to gather. That's got South Campus. 
12 o'clock to one o'clock, but just so that you're aware of this week because of the holiday hours, that will not begin until Thursday of this week, okay? So if you show up there Tuesday and Wednesday, no one's gonna be there to let you in to pray. You can pray in the parking lot all you wanna do. Uh, That would be fantastic. So would you just take a moment would you put that slide back up there about the reflection? Uh, I guess you go back, not the resources, but the one right prior to this. Would you just take a moment as we reflect upon our participation? Would you look at this? And what are the questions that you can immediately answer right now? And what are the questions that you need to answer? What are the things that you need to evaluate about your life? What are the things that you're anticipating? Maybe the Holy Spirit's already beginning to speak into your heart and to challenge you. God, today we thank you for the privilege of walking in relationship with you. God, I thank you so much for spiritual practices that you have left a trail for us to follow throughout your scriptures. Spiritual practices of prayer, spiritual practices of meditation, spiritual practices of reading your word and the spiritual practice of fasting. God, I pray that you would challenge us. God, maybe we may not be perfect at it, but God, maybe we are practicers of it. God, would you help us to step into it in a new way this year? God, maybe there are those that have never done this before. And this idea of fasting is intimidating and causes fear and anxiety. God, I pray, would you bring them to a place of peace? God, that they would look to you to see what it is that you want to do in their lives. And God, I thank you today that at the end of 21 days, there is going to be progress. At the end of 21 days, there is going to be change in our lives. God, at the end of 21 days, we may not see everything that we prayed for answered, but God, we can see change in our hearts towards those things. Holy Spirit, work in us. Transform us. Transform us as individuals, but transform us as a church. God, may we discover you. May we connect to you like we never have before. God, would you speak to us? God, would you reveal yourself to us? God, would you give us visions and dreams? God, would you declare prophecies over our lives? Would you fill us with your spirit like never before? God, would the gifts of your spirit be part of our lives? God, we come anticipating what you have for us in 2024. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Make sure, fill out, write up a sheet here so you put it in your phone so you're able to follow it, hold hold yourself accountable. Can I tell you what's always really good for me is to share that with somebody else so they help hold me accountable. How many know that sometimes left alone on your own, you can cheat? So that's why it's good to communicate with your family, communicate with those that are around you to go, hey, what are you doing? We're We're in this together, right? Uh, I want to, our prayer team is here. They want to pray with you. If you have a prayer request that you uh, have, that you need someone to join with you, something that you've been struggling with, would you let them pray with you? I want to remind you that water baptism is Wednesday night at the end of, of our prayer and worship night. Would you make sure that you go on and sign up? If you haven't planned on being here, make sure you plan, make a plan of getting here. As well as if you're new with us, there is a connection card that we would love for you to fill out that we can get to know you better. And if you would do so, fill that out and drop it in the green box back there. We would really, really appreciate it. Have a happy new year. Everyone say happy new year. We won't be celebrating with you tonight, but celebrate well, honor God well. Have a blessed, blessed evening. God bless.
Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.